This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hey, this is Todd Hoffman from WSTR Galactic Public Access, and you're listening to Conversations with Pat and Charles. These two goofballs will make you laugh, and you'll learn a little bit something about Star Wars. Conversations It's a translation To a Star Wars nation It's a celebration Hello and welcome to Conversations. I'm Charles. I'm Pat. And I'm out of ideas for intros. But (laughs) here we are again. Again. With our good friend, Dominic Pace. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. Hello to all your listeners. And uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you back. Last time we hung out was a blast. We had such a great conversation and conversation. So it's great to reconnect with you again. Thank you for having me. And again, I just can't tell you how grateful I am for all the fan support, especially the angle of where this character came from. I think it's so unique in that it wasn't sort of Lucasfilm made. It sort of was fan made and self-motivated. There's a lot of negativity sometimes with the Star Wars fan base, but all of them came out in droves uh, throughout the United States uh, to support this little uncredited cause, and look what it's turned into be there. Yeah, we last saw you back last year, and it was at Emerald City in Clearwater. Pat and I had a front seat to see just how authentic you are and present you are with everybody. It doesn't matter who was there, what type of like level of fandom it was. They were there to see you, and the person you're looking at, you're speaking to them, and the accessibility is there. Well, you know, always, I think, again, there's a beautiful Star Wars story in and of itself. I have suggested this a few times. I know that Disney Plus might be looking for different content, but I think there is a great opportunity for them in terms of Star Wars stories here on Earth. You know, starting with the legends of Peter, Carrie, and Kenny, and Harrison, and then going on to secondary people behind the scenes, you know, maybe PAs or or people maybe they lost their father and how much Star Wars has moved them. Uh, But in this situation to where it's sort of a yin and a yang to where you know, almost like Beauty and the Beast, where, you know, the witch comes up to the man and says, look, I'm going to give you an opportunity, but it will not exist without the fan base because you are absolutely nothing. Um, I think it's just so many great messages, uh, even going to my kids in terms of their education system, as far as who has opportunity, who doesn't in this country, who motivates the opportunity, uh, maybe a nod, perhaps even, uh, may I be so bold as saying our ancestors, our grandparents, our parents, to where they came with literally a freaking shovel and nothing at all, but literally just the drive on their back saying, you know what, you've got to see this gecko because I swear to you, it's going to be better than that guy down the street. And uh, I just am so grateful to everyone. And uh, again, especially during the pandemic, I think in so many ways, we were able to unite as Star Wars fans. I know we get a lot of negativity sometimes, uh, again, with the toxic fan base. Who's toxic? Who isn't? Who's passionate? Who isn't? But I just had such an amazing experience all throughout the country. I just uh, unfortunately, it was on my last, uh, <laughs> my, my gas level was at uh, E by the time I saw you guys due to 12,000 miles on the road in 90 degree heat. Much respect to everyone in the Southeast. I don't know how you deal with that humidity uh, through the whole summer because I literally, I'm only 45, but man, I feel like 80 when I get down there because that thing just, I, I just want to lay like a dog with a big fan and maybe the underwear. I don't want to give you a bad visual. But just, you know, with the legs spread eagle and just, you know, I, I don't, you know, maybe every now and then have enough energy to go get a glass of water. But God bless you guys. But man, 12,000 miles, I swear to God, man, I was up against the ropes. I, you guys were amazing down there. 
Yeah, that was definitely an ambitious endeavor you uh, undertook for sure. But it really was telling to your depth of character as as a go-getter and as an individual to make that trek and be that positivity in the midst of such despair and hopelessness of lockdown and pandemics and just people being so far removed from everyone else to be able to bring people together like that was uh, fantastic. Yeah, I needed it just as much. You know, again, I owe a lot, believe it or not, ironically, uh, Joe Exotic. I remember where I started the, all the tours. I remember sitting and watching Netflix to where we were on that strict lockdown. And by the third episode, you know, I think every middle-aged man just started questioning what the hell you're doing with your life when you're sitting here watching him dig out of the garbage getting pizza as an Italian. He's getting sausage and chicken from the garbage to put his pizzeria. I said, I don't care if I got to go out and sell freaking camel shit. great leopard print though you gotta admit <laughs> yes he yes he does you know yeah oh my god but that, that definitely motivated i said i don't care if i die out there i gotta do something i kids can't watch this <laughs> oh man oh that's fantastic if that doesn't motivate you what will yeah exactly joe exotic uh, we'll get we'll get that fire under your ass the hell with anthony robbins <laughs> Poor Anthony Robbins. <laughs> Just trying to help people. Oh, man. <laughs> so that was the last time we saw you. Yeah. And you've been up to some pretty interesting and neat things since that time. Absolutely. You know, that week was very emotional and very defeating uh, because at that point, I emailed Lucasfilm probably two weeks before I saw you down in Tampa. And again, this was sort of a rogue operation, as many know. We talked about it on our last radio show in regards to a fan fiction comic, which, again, more or less is usually a big no-no, especially amongst performers. And I just sort of got this neutral response from them in regards to John's watching. Um, just, you know, uh, I can't say yes. I can't say no what you're doing. But just I, I literally was like a boxer down for the count to where Book of Boba, we're on the heels of Book of Boba. We already were dealing with little to nothing in terms of promoting a character from episode one and three. Very similar to musicians and rap artists and artists of all kinds, so where you only have a small window of 15 minutes of fame. And then I get back, Disney ends up rewarding me with a movie called Chang Can Dunk, which I filmed in Stanford, Connecticut. And then I ended up uh, getting a call because I was so aggressive, even through emails, with Hasbro, with Funko Pop, with every licensed dealer you can imagine, even actually Eckstein's company, saying, look, this character looks absolutely amazing. Let him be the blue snaggletooth of Star Wars. You guys limited your releases in terms of Boba this and Mando that and Ahsoka this. And I think it's amazing. But the joy of Star Wars, let's go back to 85, is Barada, Klaatu, and, and uh, Nikto. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> really what makes uh, Star Wars magical are those little side characters. And there is no one better and more unique because of Brian Sype. And because of my passion, then having Gecko as that little rare mail away, even go old school, do the cutout UPC symbols <laughs> in order to get him for your Navarro Cantina playset. So out of all uh, people, there's a company called Beeline Creative. It's the most amazing company you can imagine if you're into tiki mugs, any fandom at all from the 1980s. They have licensing over everything. And they took notice of my hustle. And I just can't tell you what an honor that is. And who knows, maybe because... 
years from now, if they do a movie, maybe Gecko, the whole point was sort of this Rudy Rudiger of not only positivity, but also maybe instead of a Hasbro and a, and a Funko Pop, on a symbol of something that represents celebration, represents togetherness, and who the hell doesn't need a drink right now with everything going on in the world? So the fact that you're going to think of me when you're drinking as opposed to polishing off your collector set like I have behind me makes me even more <laughs> proud. So who knows? Maybe Gecko, at least for his first appearance, how great to be on a drink, which symbolizes that togetherness because uh, there's a backup now in Tacoma in regards to the mm -hmm. product. But I just can't wait to literally go around the country. I'll probably break even by the time I'm done with this. But just to shake everyone's hand, and we do have some other good news in the pipeline as well with uh, Gecko. So I'd like to believe that Dave and John finally says, you know what? <laughs> I mean, you know, we're running around the castle. Let the guy in the moat. You know, let's, 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 let's drop at least let him to dinner for one time. He's begging. Look at him out there. He's he's, uh, you know, these Italians. We got to help out at least once in a while. Dave, Dave, open the blast doors. He's still there. <laughs> All right, let him in, let him in. Come on, you got a figure. Everybody gets a figure today. I'm feeling good, you know. But I, I think, I honestly like to believe, I mean, it's a, a strange, odd relationship with obviously this castle of Disney, but that I think they are really the ones responsible for letting this go through and acknowledging the passion. And obviously, indirectly, they're not able, I think, to directly come out. I mean, it's not like we've gotten the full gold medal, but I think they've noticed uh, otherwise these things would not be approved. And uh, again, uh, just to let you in on this, you guys are the first to know, um, we've got some talks with Marvel now for hopefully something that will be very special uh, come July and August there. And that just means the world to me. You guys know you've been there with me since day one, knowing about this hustle uh, to finally get immortalized there is really uh, touching. And, and then we can finally maybe do a tour and, and really have it special where we've got a liner out, uh, out the door there. That's fantastic. You know, and we talk about the secondary characters a lot. And we've mentioned it in both of both of the shows you've been on with us and that yeah. go get it attitude. And the other side of that for the characters themselves, and you mentioned like Snaggletooth and some of these background characters and Dr. Evazon and like these little bit parts, uh, it makes Star Wars richer. And if yeah. you're part of that life, you bring it forward. People can invest themselves in it. And they have those little nuggets of information and, and those cool side stories that they can get. You have Gecko immortalized on a tiki mug. And not only are you doing that, you're also signing the boxes, right? Yeah, and there's a beautiful story with that as well in that there's a couple of messages here, if I may. Uh, one in particular is a compliment to the Daniel Logan. Um, I have been in this business for, again, over 20 years, about 92 different shows, little bit parts here and there. I can probably count on one hand. There is one executive producer over at ABC who every now will give me a call and throw me a bone. There are very few that will go out of their way and look behind them. And this is a lesson, you don't have to be in Hollywood to learn this, to look behind you for a second of somebody who's trying, not virtue signaling, all right? I don't know what, you don't owe me anything for being Italian. You don't owe me anything for being a man. You owe me, but but to, to acknowledge that, that somebody is working hard. I don't wanna see color. I don't wanna see gender. I wanna see somebody who's hustling. And Daniel Logan noticed that in me. He said he wanted to sponsor this and we have an agreement together. Uh, so Daniel Logan is going to have his sticker. And I can't tell you how proud I am and how much of a compliment it, that is to Daniel. Out of all these celebrities who sing, telling you to sing his shiny, happy people when they're sitting behind their big freaking moated <laughs> mansions while we're out there busting our ass trying to see if you can help somebody. By the way, shout out to Ryan Reynolds and Lady Gaga and even Kanye for actually putting their money where their mouth is because that's what they need to do. They don't need to sit here and go up on their podium and start virtue signaling. We need actually help. Right. Hmm. And Daniel did that for me. Yep. The other thing is, too, there is a deeper meaning to this. It could be a movie. It could be a documentary. And it started with George Lucas, whether he knew or not. You take these side characters. They look unique. Right. 
my son was on the tour with me on the second tour, 16 years old. These kids are going through such a unique time right now with COVID, with everything else that is kind of hitting them, everything that might be on the horizon, unfortunately. And these kids are unique now. They're identifying with their own identities, et cetera. And it's very difficult. There's a tremendous amount of stress and pressure on high school kids ever since even the dawn of man. The one thing that I would love Gecko to stand for is the fact that these snaggletooths, these hammerheads, these geckos, they look different, right? Just like the hunchback of Notre Dame. But at the same time, one of the things that we can be proud of is who we are as human beings. I don't need to look the same as everyone else. I can be different, but I could also be proud of who I am, even if I'm the unpopular, even if I'm the uncredited. And even if I look different than everyone else, I'm not going to sit here and bow down. And the one thing I hope that that shows one day in a gecko series or even on a gecko Easter egg appearance in that how proud and how powerful he is just for being who he is. Going back to the old Mr. Rogers days, I don't know if George had that in mind, but that message to me resonated as I was going along because I needed to set an example for my son and also hopefully for tons of young adults who might be out there who might feel like they're kind of being marginalized or they might have a situation to where they might be bullied or what have you, to be proud of exactly who they are, their looks, find the beauty within themselves, even as unique as they are, and if they're different than everyone else, how beautiful that is. Yeah, there's definitely something beauty in uniqueness as it is, you know? And then when you see these different types of characters together, it it makes it more interesting. You know, life is interesting when we have differences. Yes. And when you can interact with other people and gain new experiences because everyone's different, I mean, that's that's a a crucial part of life. So to see that translate on screen, you know, not only in the way characters carry themselves, but in how they look and how they act and all that is absolutely necessary for believability. So yeah. to expand on that is perfect. Yeah, I, I would even go as far as really the parallels and the symbolism of being a bounty hunter, uh, very similar to the single mom or to the working man, the single dad, where you need to figure out the independent contractor in this country to where you don't have Queen Amadella's ship. You might be piecing together your old jalopy in the backyard, but basically <laughs> you're going to figure out how to get that freaking bounty and get it over to Greece in order to get to cash in on the flawed calamari, whatever the hell you call it, right? <laughs> the blue collar worker. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, that, you know, your outfit may not be as fancy as Boba's. You know, you might just have, you know, a couple of gauntlets. You might have a big rusty ass blaster, but it gets the job done. Um, but things like that to me, I, I really feel that that is where it's not about the pew, pew, pew in Star Wars. It really is about the parallels and the stories that resonate the most. These fans are not toxic. They're looking for that depth because that's what adds to Star Wars. You can have any sci-fi movie. I guarantee that everyone listening has watched sci-fi movies with even the greatest graphics on Earth, but it doesn't resonate because you don't have that depth that connects us to the humanization of these characters. And that's where Star Wars gets magical. When Dave does that, when George has done that, when John does that, that's when we get the special juice of Star Wars, and there is no shame in wanting to see that in every story. And if you're upset about it, I'm not going to fault you because I think that's what makes Star Wars special, and that's where we want Star Wars to be. Fantastic. Yeah. And you can see that Star Wars is probably creature wise one of the most diverse visually of any of the movie franchises out there. And yes. it presents many opportunities, uh, shapes, sizes, colors, uh, looks, feels, everything. And that's where the identification where someone can look at this and pick themselves out of the crowd comes down to the uh, the magic of the storytelling and what part of it you latch on to. And then, and then, like you said before, where you can start feeling your own center and not having to worry about what's around you. You can find all these people working and interact together. I can do this too. 
Absolutely. And through meritocracy. Hopefully they get back to that as a center point so that what unites us all, our own uniqueness, but hard work is what we uh, reward people for. I remember comparing Chopper to my uh, Italian grandfather and how he's just <laughs> curmudgeon and just, just uh, you know, and he's a droid. He's not even a, a living being. He's just, yeah. I mean... That's it. That's what Star Wars does. Maybe he was Filoni's yeah. grandfather. Maybe that was his connection there. That Maybe was his... it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. I just season two, believe it or not. I have not gotten through all of Rebels. So I'm just starting with that now. All right. It's a fantastic exploration for sure. <laughs> yeah. So when Artiki arrives. Yes. What do you think will be our first drink from it? You know, well, I mean, that's your, obviously your choice, but there was other, another woman who is slightly licensed with Disney. Uh, she does a book. Her name is Kimberly Borchard, and it's called Positively Disney. And they have recipes from Daniel Logan and from Peter Mayhew and Anthony Daniels. Ooh. And she reached out to me and she said, Dom, she goes, you know, you've been such a uh, influence, you know, in, in the Star Wars community. I'd like to get a recipe from you or two. Uh, so I use my grandmother's chicken and mushrooms, but at the same time, planning ahead. I've got Gecko's Blue Milk Cocktail, which, of course, is the coconut rum and the blue curacao. So, uh, you know, you've got, you know, if it's Gecko, I mean, he's first seen in the cantina. You've got to do a cantina blue milk, you know, the the, what do they call it? The spotchka or whatever. Um, And we need to have that together. Now, so Major League Baseball, I don't know if the listeners know uh, yet, but I was invited on Star Wars night, May 14th. I believe the opening day they're not going ahead with, unfortunately. But I was invited. uh, They're playing the Toronto Blue Jays to sing the Canadian National Anthem as well as the American National Anthem uh, for uh, the Rays. And then at that point, I wanted to do an appearance uh, the night before. If that doesn't go through, depending what happens with Marvel, and I'm hoping this is going to be an amazing collectible for so many, I'm going to keep it fan-friendly. In terms of the price points, I will be at Emerald City uh, sometime this year, even if it's August or September. So when you got the nod to do the two National Anthems, you had to go through an audition process, didn't you, for that? Yeah, I was always a good singer. I was never great. And I, and I will be honest with that. There was a show on Broadway called Smokey Joe's Cafe. When I used to have chores oh as a kid, my, I grew up in a single a family home. I started with Off-Broadway and Tony and Tina's Wedding. It was a comedy. I was actually with Tony Miola, who was the uh, U.S. soccer goalie. And I played uh, one of the characters in that. So I started Off-Broadway. But I was always <laughs> a good singer. I just was not piercing to where it was just like just the highest of the high. But I, ha- I got called back for that several times. And by that time, I started finding my passion through film and television. I stayed close to NYU. My mother would play 50s music, and she would also play a lot of old operatic uh, songs as well. But I sang the National Anthem for the AA Yankees. I did it on my tour last summer in New Jersey, and I passed the test. So good enough. And again, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And singing with pride, I just, <laughs> like I said, I'm just worried that, uh, you know, with everything going on with Canada and also being in Florida, I think I'm going to get a handful of booze with the Canadian <laughs> National Anthem, but there's nothing I can do. You know, we're just going to, we'll have that Larry David moment with everybody and I'll just be uh, on YouTube with a million hits. So what are you going to do? <laughs> well, the Canadians will likely boo you then say sorry. So at least we'll identify them in the crowd. Yeah. And Charles will be sure to shush them as well. Yes. 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 He's trying. Yes, you guys, yeah, just, just clap louder, you know. That's, that's actually <laughs> a harder song for me than the National Anthem. It, but it's a great song. And obviously looking forward to honoring their countrymen. I just hope they're able to unite together uh, sooner than later. You know, they're our neighbors and uh, great people up there. Yeah, and I think the bottom line is, you know, when we do those things, when we honor those anthems, I think there's a certain level of reverence and respect for that just Absolutely. across the board. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, men and women have died for that flag as well. So uh, there is no, I mean, obviously there's a lot of drama going on right now, but you always think of those people just like uh, the national anthem. I mean, obviously we've had drama in our country, but 
Um, that, that's the first and foremost, the priority of those who uh, died for their flag. Uh, I'm honored to do it. I'm looking forward to it, not to mention representing Lucasfilm Major League Baseball. And not only that, but two countries <laughs> in the same night is uh, beyond yeah. a dream come true. Yeah. Now, did you play baseball? Did you watch baseball growing up? Yeah, I, my first love was uh, pitching. Great story with that. My first dream, besides the Star Wars Cantina, was playing at Yankee Stadium for two months with Kevin Costner and for love of the game. I, that's where I got my first principal role that was cut. Uh, but you do see me snickering and having this little interaction with Costner on the plane as we're trying to guess Jen Malone's age. This was before cancel culture. Uh, you know, he would date a <laughs> tremendous amount of women so, you know, and be a womanizer in each city. So we we're trying to guess her age, too. Uh, really funny scene. But Augie Garrido was the technical advisor for that. Uh, he was the uh, University of Texas uh, World's College World Series champion coach uh, on a couple of occasions. He coached Kevin Costner in Kelsey Fullerton. And he cast me along with four other actors that were not part of Double A Tigers and not part of Double A Yankees to be on the team. So I was with the whole Double A Tigers during that shoot, and I was invited out to uh, Los Angeles to be at Universal Studios, and I got to spend a month with Costner. It was an absolute dream come true. I'm not very religious, but I thought it was God's way of saying, "Look, you didn't make the bigs. Uh, that was my dream growing up as a pitcher. I only got up to 80 miles an hour, but uh, here's your gift for you: playing at Yankee Stadium." For a month and having a catch with Kevin Costner and also um, a couple of uh, major league ball players there as well, which was a dream. Fantastic. Yeah, so that's that's. I think that's more than a consolation prize. I think that's uh, that's yeah. that, that counts. You can also count Smokey Joe's Cafe since you performed in that. Uh, that gives you yeah. like two or three degrees of separation from Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Brendan Fraser because that song appeared in the movie <laughs> School Ties. Uh, yeah, that coming yeah. of age movie. That was a pretty good one there. So there you go. And that's why I know Smokey <laughs> Joe's Cafe because in the movie yeah. they dance around and sing it. They're like, oh my god, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were some good songs there. Going to Kansas City and Ruby Ruby, et cetera. But yeah, I used to love the 50s. That's how my start was uh, in the high school musical. I played Danny Zuko in Greece. Oh. And, uh, you know, it was perfect for a 16-year-old Italian with hair at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough visual. If you can imagine, I was actually handsome. I was a little handsome at that time. But uh, it, I, I felt the 800 people, I remember, uh, cheering for me. And it became such an addiction. I started losing the joy of baseball and, and wanted to be a performer at that point. It just felt... It's such a beautiful uh, feeling. I, I'm sure everyone has gotten it on one level or another to feel that level of applause there on stage. It was really something. Yeah. But uh, even if the tiki doesn't come then, guaranteed we're going to uh, end up getting a drink regardless. I'm hoping to expedite this thing sooner than later. There, we can have a nice tiki tour and uh, and drink up. Tiki tour. I like the sound of that. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. I, I mean, I really think everyone needs to drink now. I don't even know. Yeah, I, I don't even know. They, they, they're there to see me. They say, you know, we just want to drink down. We didn't even come here to see Yeah, We got a big party in Chicago, but I think they're just coming to throw a few back. You know? Like, oh, yeah, it's Tommy Chase. Yeah, all right. Tommy Chase is here. Oh, my God. They've got Red 5 Network over in Chicago on July 23rd. Bill Murray's son, from what I understand, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe he heads up as the executive chef for a place called Murray's Caddyshack in Rosewood, Illinois, outside of uh, O'Hare Airport. And yep. on July 23rd, from no matter what, whether the Tiki's come or they don't, uh, we're going to have a great celebration there with Ro Gaza and a handful of Star Wars fans and network there. So that should be a, a tremendous amount of fun on July 23rd. So we're looking forward to that there as well. Well, so are we, because we're going to be there. Oh, awesome. Oh, my God. I'm so happy. <laughs> I am so happy. It's going to be a great time. And I got a tequila company. Uh, they came last year, and they're sponsoring the event, but also uh, Bill Murray's son. I mean, it seems like amazing guy comfort food. Uh, so we're really looking forward to that. And even if the Tiki's not there by then, hopefully the uh, the Marvel thing will be coming out by then. So we'll at least have something to celebrate. But either way, as long as the bar's open, that's all that matters. <laughs> 
Hey, listen, as far as I'm concerned, we can just celebrate friendship and community. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm excited, really looking forward to it. And uh, it'll just be great to just get together with you guys. And I, I think, you know, this really is a compliment to everyone because it, it really took a village in order to get this done. If I was sitting there screaming at the rooftops, having my agent pitch, you know, for the casting director at Sarah Finn or the Lucasfilm, I don't think it would fall on deaf ears. But the fact that the fans had resonated so well, and I think John and Dave are guys like us, they just can't, you know, loosen up their flaps as much because obviously it's a corporate world and there's so much money at stake. But I think deep down inside, they're secretly rooting for that the, the guy and the girl crowd that are just real, love Star Wars and celebrate Star Wars and somebody that, you know, we'd be in that sandbox with, you know, in the early 1980s together. So uh, I think uh, they're looking down uh, <laughs> and we'll, we'll take a toast for uh, John and Dave. They're looking down on us there. So you mentioned before about your Star Wars collection, because it was almost like your baseball dream is Star Wars is one of your dreams as well. But you've got quite the growing Star Wars collection there. Yeah. So there was actually, believe it or not, I think it's just fan made, but there's a company in Ohio called Planet Quest. And I noticed them on Twitter to where they have this big sticker decal about 56 inches uh, tall. And it is all the card backs from when we were kids from 1978 to 1985. So when I was on tour, another way that I helped those small businesses along with give them a percentage of my autograph sales was starting. It was like Pee Wee Herman in the end of uh, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, where he keeps looking at the snakes, right? So this was me with the power of the force, the 1985 series, because you know, each one of you, you know that you're choking when you see that price of Luke Stormtrooper or Barada. But I said, once I start, I'm not going to stop. Uh -huh. Along the tour, when I would have really good showings, I would little by little start buying the power of the force. I have all the figures. I don't have the accessories. For me personally, I'm going to try and go the roundabout way. I am not paying $100 for a little plastic freaking blaster. If there's somebody who replicates it, sorry to Kenner, sorry to Lucasfilm if they're listening, but I'm just going to get the freaking re replica. Okay, who's going to who's gonna check that in 20 years? Say, oh my God, Tom's got a great collection, but this thing doesn't float. Yes, this is real. counterfeit. Yeah, you know, he's not a Star Wars fan. So anyhow, long story short, I'm in a condo complex. Ramos just, you know, it's like, uh, what is it, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, where he can, he can deliver your child and at the same time, he can put together the whole freaking uh, house, right? So he's doing a custom shadow box frame, 56 inches. I bought this freaking $150. I mean, it was worth it, though. So it's got two decals. One is the square on the outside, the rectangle saying Star Wars with the three silver lines. So you put that on the front. Okay. Yeah. And then what you do is you custom make it to where the glass can open up. And then I've got the shelves. All the card backs in the back, and then you line up every character with the card wow. back. It's going to look amazing. Like in front and, of the card yeah. back. Ah. That's yeah. awesome. So That's it's awesome. going to look great. The only thing I'm not handy with is the lighting, and I'm not having them do the lighting. So I've got to figure one of those things out. But I'm going to put it next to my gecko shrine in the other room. I have a big shadow box frame of all the gecko uh, collectibles and fan art along with that. Uh, baby Yoda, baby Grogu. <laughs> you know, somebody, somebody gave me down in Tampa. They gave me a baby Grogu with... Uh, you know, that was shaped like, uh, dressed like Gecko and, and looked like Gecko. And so I've got all that great stuff and, and the fans have been amazing. Um, but so I'm going to have that next to it. I don't know if the kids are even enjoying it now. They're 16 and 13. They're just like, you know, dad, you, you got to chill here. You know, <laughs> it's so funny because when you're they're five and six, you can get away with being like, no, 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 honey, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. Now, now I got no alibi. I just I say, oh, my God, I, where did this come from? I don't know. How, you know, I don't know who bought it. You know what my excuse is? I tell my wife, I'm buying it for Pat. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's 
I say I bought it in my sleep. I don't That's know. It. it might work. Who knows? Oh, my God. The hardest part was literally don't tell mom with the yak face and a monomon, you know, choke on you freaking out of your mind, you know? Yes. But I'll tell you the other investment I got, believe it or not, and hopefully uh, Gecko will be the next big investment for the Star Wars fans. Uh, is the issue number 42, Introducing the Bounty Hunters. I just got them at like 4.0s. They're not uh, high graded. Yeah, but yeah. I paid, I think, about $300, $350 for them because I felt like with the Book of Boba coming out, they were only going to increase in price there. So I got two for my sons. So I've got that as a collectible as well. And then at some point, I've got a replica. It's not an official one from the old uh, company. Forgive me, I forget the name that created the Han Solo Blaster. But um, oh, yeah. I got a Han Solo replica blaster 3D printed and I would like to get the Chewbacca Bowcaster oh, on yeah. Etsy because uh, I see that for sale. And I'd love to get a shadow box frame. Nice. And in a perfect world, it's just Harrison's freaking autograph is so ridiculous. Oh. Uh, but I'd love to get Mayu and, and Harrison's autograph with those two pieces as well there one day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be great. That's the tough yeah. part, you know, getting the blasters and the bowcasters. Those only cost maybe a grand together, but it's the extra house at $500,000 you have to build to keep all this memorabilia inside. That's where it gets expensive. <laughs> I, I, I always genuinely think, without the wives knowing, of how many men have literally kept in mind their Star Wars collection as a priority <laughs> in regards to what kind of house they're going to get. Exactly. You know, but for me, it's just literally a split man cave would be the dream with one side being the sports area, you know, with the leather seats and, you know, your emblem of your favorite team in there and a pool table and a little tiki bar, right? For yeah. your favorite tiki. There you go. And, uh, and then the other side being like a little home theater and such, you know? Yeah, we have a friend who's building a house right now, and we keep asking, and we say, so where's the Star Wars room? You haven't showed us the Star Wars room yet. <laughs> you know, my favorite is just the man cave of where it's uh, in a basement. But unfortunately, yeah. you know, due to, um, you know, certain parts of the, co the country, California, and even the southeast, you can't dig down. Yeah. So in the northeast, and, and I think Virginia and such, they've got some cool basements over there, there and such. That would be awesome. Yeah. So speaking of tiki bars... Where would be your favorite place to drink in Star Wars? You know, I, I really enjoyed where in episode two, where Anakin and Obi-Wan had some drama. Nice. Um, at the same time, I loved what Lucas did there was that little PSA for the kids with the death sticks. Yes. You know, I mean, it's awesome. Unfortunately, as we speak, I just got in. It's a horrible habit. And I look like such a dork doing it. I can't do it in front of everybody. My grandfather, I had inherited a couple of his pipes. And he had this cherry tobacco that was the most amazing aroma you could ever imagine. But now I'll go up on our patio there. We have a condo and I'll have my pipe and I'll, I've been reading a lot of books during the pandemic and such, you know, so, but I think of his little PSA there where smoking is not good, you know, and such. So I, I would say that would not only be the place where I would go, but also the favorite uh, scene there as well. Fantastic. <laughs> Seems like a happening place. I'd I'd hang out there a little bit. Hey, in your twenties, man, you can pick up some hot Twilights there. I'll tell you that. <laughs> It'd be like Sixth Street in Austin. <laughs> oh man. So um, I think we need to talk about Suede Wade. Ah. <laughs> so funny i feel like the big agencies like caa and icm pretty soon is gonna be i remember you know what was it uh muffet's take manhattan with kermit the frog where you know he busts into sardis and it's like what what is this about manhattan melodies you know like all these uppity stuffy rich people and all of a sudden like you know the whole campaign and everything's about chai mcbride and it's like who the hell is dominic pace and like hey 
Wayne Wayne just stole the freaking show. Wayne Wayne. I got to tell you the story. So, I mean, it's based yes. on CBS, right? It's based on a true story. The guys would love, are going to love this series. So, it's based on a true story. The guy's last name is Smallwood. He's from the Midwest. Just like dodgeball, just like when we used to play SSX as kids, you know, we were teenagers or whatever, uh, you know, where you have these characters, almost like these avatars in video games to where, you know, if they're a cowboy, they got their special moves. <laughs> so when Swain Wade gets a strike, he's got his, he's got his little lasso move, he's got a special move. So it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a fun cameo. Uh, I might make a big to-do about it and such, but I'm really excited. It's the series premiere. I can't believe it. They did a whole freaking casting with name actors they could not find. They didn't audition me, but they just took a chance on me. They loved what they saw on the day. They said, if anything, we could, you know, reshoot it or recast it with somebody else. And they had me go to town. The contract was humbling, but I had the producers coming up to me and I turned into Ralphie from A Christmas Story because I couldn't get out of my mouth quick enough being like, I, I, I'm an actor. I, I, just, you know, I, I love to be on this show. You know, it's like, <laughs> I was stumbling over my words. This director came up to me. I just being, you know, I'm 46. But you ever had like a 64-year-old man come up to you where you still feel like a 12-year-old? Some of these men just have this presence. They can even be 35 years old where you're like, oh my God, it's so nice to meet you, you know? Just, that, just by the way that they present themselves, you know? <laughs> So that was how this director was, you know, he's just like, oh, you did an amazing job there, you know. I'm like, oh, my God, it's a, I'm an actor, you know. <laughs> you know? But uh, so we'll see what happens. But hopefully Swade Wade becomes the Boba Fett of CBS and uh, we'll be off to the races, you know. I'll be at bowling alley signing. Let's say something for 10 cent wing night. He signed it for $5 in the corner. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get it up for Dominic Fate. And you, got, you know, you got the drunk lady who's like, you know, she's playing the freaking slots, you know. Like, hey, I want you, you know. That's, that's where we're headed. That's where the career. We're going to the Lizard Lounge of Bowling Alley. Yeah. Dominic Pace is here tonight. You're signing pins, you know. Here you go. Here's a pin for I'm you. Signing, I'm signing pins in freaking <laughs> Topeka, Kansas. Oh, my God. We made it big. we got to write the bomb now. That's when you know. That's when you know you've made it. <laughs> so, yes, Swain Wade is here tonight, guys. Swain Wade, what the hell? Is, who the hell is that? But uh, I'm excited. I, I may have a few artists uh, illustrate it, you know, make some fun stuff about it. But, uh, you know, the one great thing that, uh, on a serious note, is that it, the reason you get involved in this business is to actually make people happy. So the one thing that I love is there's another little featured bit coming up called This Fool, and I'm going to be uh, Fred Armisen's bodyguard in this great East L.A. comics series called This Fool. Uh, but the one thing that I love about these two comedic pieces, just like with Bob Hope during World War II, uh, and even with the tour, is you know one of the things that I think is satisfactory in terms of your legacy. So the one thing that I love with this whole year, especially as the drama keeps playing out here with the world, is to actually be involved in things that are going to make people happy. So I'm really excited about that. I mean, I, I loved Anonymous Killers a few years ago, but I just think it's awesome that uh, a lot of these things are going to be comedic because at the same time, even during the Depression, the reason Chaplin became so popular and, and uh, Buster, Buster Keaton, because he did his, you, you know, he, he doesn't get enough credit. Those stunts were insane. You know, what he did, there was no CGI. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, it, you know, people wanted to escape. So I, I'm excited to be able to do what I was wanted to always do since I was a kid, and that's to help people escape from the world here for a little bit, you know? That's what we try to do with our show. Like, we just try, yeah. try and have fun. And, like, already my abs feel like I'm having a good workout just for laughter. And that's the magic right there, just be able to yeah. have a laugh and escape a little bit. That's why we put so much emphasis on movies and TV and all, because it's such a deviation from all the nonsense going on in the world. 
look, we have a lot of social issues that need to be addressed. We have a lot of politics. But again, you know, we want to escape and we want to have a good time. And you know when that happens, I think John and Dave have their finger on that. And I think there are a few directors out there who still have their finger on that. And I can't believe, I mean, I'm not a big superhero guy, but I'm just so happy to be hearing about these uh, Batman things. Because to be honest with you, uh, the reviews, I'm just one of these guys who feel like, you know, Hollywood keeps exhausting itself. But what a promising a sign that so many of my friends are saying this is supposed to be amazing. So yeah. I'm actually looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Aside from what you talked about already, what other projects do you have coming up? Um, there's a project called Deceived, and I'm uh, scheduled to star in that in Florida in June as we speak right now. I mean, at least what's on schedule. It's a beautiful Haitian actress. Her name is Ann Joseph. And she gets involved with me where she, you know, it's almost like sleeping with the enemy, did not realize the dark path that I have. Um, so really excited about that. I just switched managers. I was hoping to finish this gecko campaign with uh, the Tiki's, but just when um, I thought I was out, I, I literally still not official, but in negotiations and uh, some very promising emails from Marvel for this summer. Uh, so really excited about that. Uh, this fool will be airing. I've got a featured bit on uh, a very uh, famous uh, show that's now live action called Fairly Odd Parents. And that's going to be coming March 31st as well on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, so we've got that. And then with Jason Patrick, uh, there is one called Bonded. I've got a really intense scene as a police officer. Uh, that should be coming up later uh, this year, as well as Chank and Dunk. I play the uh, phys ed coach, uh, Mr. Benavidi. Straight out, nothing to hide. It's just an Asian kid who's normally marginalized in terms of the world of basketball. But just like Jeremy Lin, it doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. If you can ball, you can ball. So mm. I'm excited to see that. And I, I thought it was a nice gesture from Disney to give me that little gift as well. Uh, so great things. Uh, other than that, just really focusing on the kids. My 13-year-old is in a tremendously competitive baseball league. And my older son, I couldn't be more proud of him. Uh, he was on with me on the half of the tour last year. He's heading hopefully for Ivy League. Uh, straight A's across the board. Ooh, nice. uh, I couldn't be more proud. Uh, but even if he doesn't, I just can't tell you how proud I am. And right now, uh, if anything, with all the darkness going on in the world, it really is this beautiful moment. Just like the Italians, the one thing I'm proud of my people with is really truly enjoying the moment, enjoying each day, which as Americans, we just, unfortunately, we get sucked into the whole rustle and bustle of, of trying to make it and, and validation and everything else. Uh, but the one thing in Italy is just seeing some of these men or women, uh, even everybody going to the beach, a family of four, turning off their phones and truly just enjoying life. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do every day, but some good things to come with Gecko. And hopefully it's just the beginning there. And, and uh, I'm going to tour now, but just because of what the incident in Tampa, I'm going to have to uh, invest, even if it's a wash, uh, with flying because it's just uh, 12,000 miles. I hit my limit in terms of my equilibrium. And it was uh, uh, finally uh, dizziness there, which I can never, I never want to experience that again, that feeling until I'm 80 years old. <laughs> <laughs> next time you come to Florida, you'll finish it. But not when I need to be in Atlanta driving six hours the next day for an appearance. It was just <laughs> hell on earth there. So. Yeah, <laughs> definitely words to live by, especially being present and, you know, with you at Emerald City, at Clearwater, at you were present. You may have been exhausted 99% of your gas, but when you're sitting there, you were there with each and every person. So it's a testament to you, but it's also a testament to what Star Wars has brought to your life and also your humbleness. And that's uh, yeah. one of the great things and some of those things that we lack in our society these days. And thank you. And think of Dave and John immediately, because I really would truly like to meet them face to face. Obviously, I was with them for two weeks. But really to thank them, because, again, I, I think it's really them pulling the strings in terms of letting PR know uh, legal could have called me and said, dude, stop. This is about Rosario. This is about Pedro. This is about Gina and Carl and even Chris Bartlett. This is not about you. And they didn't. 
Um, and I, I think that says a lot, even though a lot of these corporations get a lot of flack because of being, you know, stiff and, and corporate and everything else, they let me run with it. So I, I'm really grateful to them. And I just hope I have the day uh, where I get to just sit down and shake both their hands. And, and, and so they know that what my true intentions were for the franchise and also for the character. Yeah, and I think the really the only thing that you brought with that was positivity mm-hmm. and, you know, being a genuine ambassador of the brand. So how can anyone look at that with anything but respect? Thank you. And, you know, and really, ultimately, my own personal motivation, aside from Star Wars, if nothing happens, is really the ultimate message to my kids. Again, I've just been a little concerned with the narrative of the current education system of seeing somebody who's trying and seeing anyone who is trying. I think Dave Chappelle even mentioned that uh, in his recent comedy show with somebody, you know, didn't have the best life. That They're basically saying they're trying. And I don't see how you could ever fault that with anyone. I believe that should be the forefront of hiring people. I think that should be the forefront. And we do not see color. We do not see gender. uh, But we see that effort, which is the American spirit. And I think that is what unites us all. Unfortunately, too many in this country right now have a narrative of that's divisive. And this is just my opinions that you don't have to comment on it. I think we can unify a lot more uh, through togetherness, positivity, and just hard work. And that's it. This country in my opinion, is not as racist as it seems. It's not as sexist as it seems. But we need to put at the forefront what MLK said, and that's just the content of our character. Nobody cares about anything else, to be honest with you. Um, and hopefully we'll get to that point. But between the media, corporations, and the government, uh, I, I feel like they just uh, keep turning this wheel that's a few steps back, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, a lot of people are kind of dismissing that narrative because we're starting to know better. Yeah. Morgan Freeman, just think in one interview, saying, you know, we need to ironically stop talking about it and we need to yeah. not have it on life support. And, and it's you're not different than I am. You know, we are all one. And the word of humanism and the word of egalitarianism. And I think it's important. And I think the campaign that I sort of took on uh, was a perfect example of that, where you have 25 bounty hunters of all different species, all different genders, all different uh, races. One took the opportunity and created something with it. We go back to the words of Jordan Belfort from uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Ford is basically setting that example at the end of the movie, even though he was a scam artist. But really, ultimately, he was a genius as well in saying, I'm going to show you how to sell this big pen. And I'm going to show you with that passion. And that is what is the where many in this country have earned the privilege. Our last names uh, as a whole are not Rockefeller. They're not Carnegie. They're not J.P. Morgan or Vanderbilt. A lot of us are, uh, you know, from our own ethnicities, which did not have the opportunity, but we had to take that big pen and create it. And that in turn lies where the privilege is. And I hope that Gecko, I'm happy that Wikipedia has been so strict because they, they are not crediting him as a character yet. But I think it's a beautiful opportunity for an example of even when you are absolutely nothing, you can create something in this country, and that's what we need to teach our children, as opposed to all the virtue signaling and who has it easy and who has it hard. A 1% without question, they had it easy, but most of us don't. And why spoil uh, the whole community with the 1% where we can have the whole nine, 99% unite as one? Yeah. That starts locally for yeah. people around you. I mean, it's, yeah. it's sometimes hard to avoid the whole world, yeah. world and all the crap going on. Take those those words of wisdom and apply it to the people you speak to every day yes. around you. And that's the only place you can really have effect, right? It's like it radiates from the center. Absolutely. Without question. And, and hopefully we'll, we'll head in that direction at some point. And hopefully there'll be more bigger voices to have that influence there. Well, we look forward to seeing you uh, several times between Chicago and Tampa and yeah, anything else. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm honestly looking forward to it. I cannot wait. We're going to celebrate even if it's Christmas of 2022. I will be around. So 
I really look forward to celebrating with you guys and also finishing what I started at Emerald City in much better spirits because I, I wanted to complete that appearance. But now what a beautiful way to return with something official, hopefully from Marvel and hopefully um, with those tiki's there as well. Fantastic. All right, Pat, you want to take us out? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get another drink. Keep talking. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so I think then we need to ask Dominic where he can be found online. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, Instagram would be Dominic Pace One. On Facebook would be Lair of the Gecko, L-A-I-R of the Gecko, G-E-K-K-O. That will have all the pertinent information coming up over the next couple of months with celebrations and also signings. Uh, and then on Twitter would be uh, Gecko the Hunter. And uh, appreciate everyone's support, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And we love to watch your success and see great things happen with you and your career as well. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. Perfect. No problem. That's, I mean, it's generous of you to come out and hang out with us for all these times. Exactly. <laughs> Always, please. Uh, what, are you kidding me? Are you, if, you're, if you're married, I mean, anytime you get out of the house, it's, it's heaven. So, please, you know, you gotta you. I got to pay you. My wife's got to pay you. <laughs> She's like, please take him. Uh, say, hey, I got a check for $200. That's from Dom's wife. <laughs> The joke's on us because all of our wives are in this group and they're like, hey, guess what? we'll send them all to Chicago. We'll send them to Tampa. And it's just, they're like, perfect. I want to watch the show tonight. Can you get Dominic to go on their show so I can watch it too? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Honey, that's go the, on their show. Oh, 20, 25 years after 20 years of marriage, that's where it goes. <laughs> that's exactly where. Oh, man. So, so uh <laughs> So I guess you can find us on uh, conversations.com. We're facebook.com slash conversations on Twitter at Swations. We have the Instagram uh, conversations is our handle there. Uh, is the link tree up? The link tree's up, yeah? yeah link tree's working, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I don't know. I don't use it. <laughs> um, and, uh, of course, the Red 5 Network, is, yes. we're part of that, and they're they're a fantastic uh, group of uh fun loving and entertaining souls over there and uh that's that's part of how we linked up with dominic so exactly. yeah. we thank them for that as well awesome thank you so much guys absolutely we look forward to getting together in person again to finish what we've started and really just have another blast with some great conversation and everything i can't wait guys i really look forward to it Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>